Good morning. After we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, our first step of obedience is believer's baptism. It's a picture of Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we are sharing with everybody that publicly we believe that Christ died for us, he was buried, and rose again. Last Sunday night, we had the privilege out at the home of the Roots to baptize nine. And this morning, we have the privilege to baptize two. And so, uh, Braden Espenshade is going to come first and share his testimony. My name is Braden Espenshade. When I was saved, I was five years old. And at school, we were learning about Jesus. And at home, we had a yard sale that we were selling books about Jesus. And so I asked my parents how to get saved. So my mom and I went to my room and we prayed that Jesus would save me and forgive me of my sins. Braden, upon the profession of your faith, I baptize thee, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. This is Heather Schaefer. Well, this is going to be a little bit longer than Braden's. Um, when I found out I was pregnant, I was 18 and very scared. How was I going to take care of someone when I was barely an adult myself? I was living with my dad at the time and was terrified to tell him because what teenager isn't afraid to break that kind of news to a parent? I put it off for about a month and in that month I was scrambling to figure out what I was going to do. I eventually built up the courage to break the news to my dad and his answer was, if you don't get an abortion, you're out of my house. Sorry. Well, <clears throat> we all know that I did not choose to get an abortion. So, I'm sorry. I was out on my own because both of my parents were not willing to support me if I kept the baby. I felt so alone at the time I needed someone the most. I turned to my friend Adrian and stayed with her for a few days. She suggested that I turn to Pastor Vaughn for guidance and I'm most and I am most grateful for that. He sent out an email explaining my situation and to my knowledge quite a few families responded. He then chose the best fit for me, and little did I know how much I would end up loving this family. <laughs> One Saturday morning, I received a text. It was from Selena Hickson saying that she and John wanted to help me, and we set up to meet the very next day. I instantly loved their girls and them, of course. Things seemed to fall right into place. I had the option of going to a pregnancy home. But when that opportunity came up, they wanted me to stay. And that's when I knew that even though I wasn't their own, they accepted me like I was. And I've never truly known what that feels like until now. <laughs> Through living with the Hicksons, I found God. <laughs> I was able to start attending church, and there I became a believer. <laughs> I remember tearing up during a church service in October because out of nowhere... <laughs> During the middle of the service, I felt comfort. I felt like I finally belonged. My heart didn't feel so heavy. And I was almost relieved at the choice of keeping the baby. 
it was the oddest thing because I carried so much stress associated with that choice and suddenly it was gone. That's when I knew and that's when I believed. If it wasn't for the heartache and the scary situation I was in, I wouldn't have come to know God. I am overjoyed that I decided to keep the baby. I now have a beautiful baby girl. And Burley is the best thing that has ever happened to me and I wouldn't change a thing. She is definitely my blessing in disguise. Thank you for supporting me and loving me. It has meant the world. And the verse that I chose is Jeremiah 29, 11. And I kind of have a little story associated with that. Um, when I moved in to the Hickson's, um, in the bathroom on the mirror, there was a post-it note, and this verse was written on it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Thank you. Heather, upon the profession of your faith, I baptize thee, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't it? We can say amen and go home, right? What, what an amazing testimony of God's faithfulness at a young age and later on in life and how God pursues us and loves us. And Well, this morning we have the opportunity to have Rod and Myra Fry with us uh, you probably heard a little bit about them in June when our Mexico missions trip uh, team got back from our trip and we shared about our experience there. And now they get to share their side of uh, the experience. And so, uh, uh, but all of us who went on that trip know, uh, I know that we really, really loved and enjoyed getting to know them and seeing their heart for God and their heart for the people that God has called them to minister to. And we're so excited to have them here with us this morning just to share about their ministry and what God is doing in Mexico. So let's give them a hand and welcome them here this morning. <clears throat> It's great to be here. It's a real rush being here. Um, we drove about 3,000 miles starting Monday and got here Thursday night, and so uh, just enjoying this beautiful place, my goodness. Um, I, I took my, my son David fishing in the Susquehanna. It's this huge river. It's this huge river, and there's living things in it. There's fish there, and I, I outfished him two, two to zero. You might want to remind him of that, but... Just great to be here. Um, I know you, you've seen some and you've heard a report. Um, just had a great time with uh, 19 of you who came down uh, in middle of June. And um, just wanted to show a couple pictures here. We had kind of a superhero theme. Uh, we didn't realize that when, uh, when the group was coming down, we'd actually have um, some superheroes among you. Uh, Superman, Thor, Captain America, Hawkeye. Um, and then we met the Hulk at, at, at a wheelchair um, event. And go back to the first picture and, and look at his face. It's really not changed much. Now go to the second picture. And so <clears throat> anyway, uh, just, just a tremendous time. And we're, we're just excited to be here today. Uh, I saw in your bulletin that, uh, that you have a Jesus is... Uh, the superhero, really the only superhero. Um, you think of Jesus, he could walk on water, 
He could teletransport. I mean, he could get into rooms, you know, just all the sudden-like. Uh, you know, he could, what a, he, very powerful. Jesus, very, he could fly. You know, so Jesus really is the only superhero. Um, and we're very glad he's on our team, right? Let's just pray. Thank you, Father, for this time. Thank you for what we've already seen. Uh, thank you for these, these two lives that um, just obeyed your word and were baptized today. Um, it reminds us of, of your death and resurrection and what it's all about, Father. Thank you for uh, this opportunity and this time in your name. Amen. I'm going to share a little bit, and then at the, at the end, my wife's going to come up and, and uh, share some things um, also that are happening in Mexico. Uh, we are church planners, although really God does everything. But the, the, the concept of church planners I like because, uh, first of all, it's biblical. If you think of Matthew 13, you're familiar with that passage where you see different types of soil, and the seed is the, the knowledge of the kingdom of God. The, the seed is the word of God as, as it falls on different soils, um, and, and really the seed being the word of God. And Paul talks about the process of planting and watering in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, he says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. And he goes on to say that, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his labor, his own labor. What is the purpose? The purpose is obedience. And when we talk about these things, don't think of, of you know, Pastor Dick and Pastor John. Or, or missionaries. Think of you because we all have this responsibility. It's not, it's not just the people that are up on stage on Sunday, but we all have the responsibility to be planting, to be watering, to be cultivating, and to be harvesting what God is doing in this world. <clears throat> A chapter later in 1 Corinthians 4.2, Paul says this, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must be creative, be talented, wear skinny jeans, have a tattoo, wear clots. Uh, no, none of that. It says, be what? Remember the verse? It's required that he who has been given a trust must prove faithful. So uh, God isn't looking for a certain skill set. God isn't looking for <clears throat> a certain personality. You can be a morning person, an evening person. You can be introvertish. You can be extrovertish. What God is looking for in each one of us it's faithfulness, and he simply requires that we be faithful where we are and with whom we are. <clears throat> the whole idea of planting and watering and cultivating is really a supernatural process. Now, I want you to think a little about how crops and food is produced, and we're from Lancaster County, right? And, and so we've seen this. We, every, you know, every time we go anywhere, we see this process happening. But let's think a little bit about it. Um, let's think about the soil first and then the seed. Soil. <clears throat> okay, what is soil? What is dirt? Think of a farmer's field. You have a large expanse of brown dirt. You can't eat it. It gets your shoes dirty. It's made out of sand and mud and clay and decomposing bits of straw, maybe a dead animal. 35 to 40 percent of good soil is made up of water and air. There's minerals in it. Okay, so that's soil. Nothing real special. What do you do with dirt? What do you do with it? 
So we have soil, which isn't really special, and then we spread manure on it. Now we have a better idea of what manure is. Matter of fact, if you're from Lancaster County, you can probably detect the difference between, is this not right? Pig manure, cow manure, chicken manure, human manure. You know, you have a fine sense of, of poop in Lancaster County. We know what that's about. And if you, were make, if you were to make a horror movie for farm boys, you would have somebody drowning in the manure pit. You know, every time I was around a farm, I wanted to get as far away as I could, could from the manure pit, because you hear stories, right? And you just imagine yourself treading manure. I don't want to make too much fun of that, because people apparently have died that way, which is a horrible way. But that would be a horror movie for farm boys. I mean, drowning in the manure pit. So you have dirt and poop. Vast expanses, the kids are with me, I thought you'd enjoy the poop, right? You have vast expanses, although I would have used it for the adults too, of dirt and poop. So you have cold, wet dirt, sometimes covered with snow, and you expect something to grow there. Well, that's crazy. And then you have seed. Okay, you have a seed, it doesn't look like really anything special, kind of like a glorified pebble. It doesn't move around unless it has, you know, Mexican jumping bean seed. It's not really colorful. It doesn't respond to Wi-Fi. You can't plug it in anywhere. And you're going to put this nondescript seed into a mixture of sand, clay, silt, minerals, water, air, and dead plants and animals. Now, think about what I'm saying. Now, see, we've lost the mystery of this because it's just, well, that, it just works. But why should it work? That's crazy, and farmers must be crazy. Some of them are. You, you know some of them. But they're not crazy because they know that there's a secret there, and there's a power there, and it's magical. It's, something, it's like something out of Narnia, but it's real, and it's supernatural. And we end up eating all sorts of wonderful things like corn on the cob and fried eggplant, and lima beans, and then we feed it to animals, and that's really where it really gets good, right? Sorry, no vegetarians here, I hope. But, sorry. (laughs) I won't comment on that, all right? But um, we respect that, but, uh, boy, you should eat some some tacos down in Mexico. Matter of fact, we kind of have an initiation for for new people where we'll, we'll order all sorts. Is Wesley here? Hey, all right. Wesley knows all about this because he was down with us for six weeks. And, and we order all sorts of things like um, intestine tacos, ton, tongue tacos, the head meat tacos. You go to a taco stand there, and this is one of the most favorite, famous, you know, favorite peep, uh, taco to eat. You have a, a, a whole skull of a cow there. And then they pick away the head meat. Some of you have some international experience we throw away far too much food in this country. I mean, in Mexico, you basically eat everything but the oink, right? So we have these initiations where I'll order all these tacos, and, and they kind of look similar, uh, you know, in, in a tortilla. And then afterwards, I'll tell people what they've eaten. Um, <clears throat> so, but, but that's exactly what evangelism is like. That's exactly what church planning is like. You have soil, which, are, are, which is what? Soil is, is what? It's people, right? And, and we, we live in a society full of, of dead, superficial, 
stuff like materialism and selfishness and vice and distractedness and violence and even overt hatred against all that is good and pure and noble. But the soil of our of our souls has great potential. People can be redeemed. Neil Cole says that unsaved people make great soil because they have a lot of fertilizer in their lives. Um, And then you have the seed, which is God's word, and the foolishness of preaching is the method. Proclamation, enthusiastic or introvertish, accompanied by good works done in God's name, communicated with love, Shared over a cup of coffee, announced to stadiums, shared with a coworker, taught to a child, or extended, like we saw this morning, through love. And somebody could come up to us, like they could come to the farmer and, and look at fields of dirt and poop and say, Bud, you must be crazy. Because how do you expect anything to happen? Don't you see how dark the world is? Don't you see how cold everyone is? Don't you see how ridiculous your message is? Are you feeling that from our society today? And you stand there with your Bible and your life and you expect to make a difference? I knew after that testimony, I didn't have a chance to get through this message without crying. Heather, I can't believe you. And you know, without the magic and without, without the supernatural intervention, they're right. Without, without a touch of Narnia, without the power of the gospel and the supernatural innervation of God, intervention of God, they would be right. <clears throat> but we count on that. Just as a farmer counts on a supernatural intervention of God every growing season, we do too. If you remember the Matrix movie, in the first movie they talked about Zion and the oracle and the one, and it gave you, gave you hope and you thought there's, there's something beyond, there's something greater, there's something more powerful. But then as two and three went on, you realized it was a closed system. It was terrible. It was all mechanical. There was no divine intervention. But we know that there is something bigger out there. We know that life is meant to have meaning and that truth does exist and that Jesus is the center to all of that. Those of us who have had that seed germinate in our lives, it's it's like a drumbeat inside of you. Do you know what I mean? It's like you've been given the password to God's Wi-Fi, and you have access to him everywhere. But a lot of people don't know the code, right? <laughs> it's, it's a shame, but you want to share that. Now, in Mexico, the soil is different. It's more old school. We have people worshiping images. We see idolatry like we see it in the Old Testament. There are kidnappings, rape, extortion, violence, robbery, murder. My parents are here, so I don't know how much detail I want to go into this, right? In, 19, in 2000, uh, 2008, 2008, la maestra me puede entender, maestra Zamora, me, 
hablo por, ¿dónde está? Quito mis lentes porque o veo mis, mis, mis notas o, o veo la gente y me intimida la gente, entonces mejor veo, <laughs> quito los lentes. Um, but in 2008, uh, a narco laboratory blew up, knocking windows out of many of the, the, the homes in, in Jesus Maria, where, where the group, where the second church is. About a month before the team arrived, a group of federal uh, officers knocked in three doors in an area very close to where we live before they finally found a group of kidnapped people in the fourth house. Three years ago, my wife was carjacked at gunpoint with two young guys at one o'clock in the afternoon. About two months ago, a man from the church was installing some aluminum windows in a house, Mario, and all through the house, there was animal sacrifices, primarily chicken, strung up, blood running everywhere, because the section very close to our second church is Santeria. It's, it's, it's a cultism. It's, it's crazy. People in Mexico, three million people in Mexico now, worship the, the Grim Reaper figure. They call it the Holy Death. And death to them isn't a metaphysical reality, it's a person. There's a 20 meter, what would that be, about 62 foot statue, iron, huge thing, along one of the main, uh, one of the main avenues in northern Mexico City to the holy death. See, when you open up a system to idols, you never know where that's going to go, do you? You might know it was a long struggle to get our water installed at our church property. Thank you for, for praying for that, by the way. Um, I wanted to keep it low-key, right? And guess what? Um, the Mount Calvary team was there, so we had like, you know, 20 gringos going in and out. And we had like four different police patrol cars in front. And, and so it wasn't low profile at all. But, um, you know, thank goodness we, we finally got a water line into our church. And every day, the neighbors put dog poop, there's the word again, um, on, on a water grate, on a drainage gate in front of our church. In Mexico, the soil is dark and damp, and, and, and it might be a different variety of here in the U.S., but it's, it's, it's still dead. But through a miraculous, supernatural process, people are coming to Christ. If we could go to the next slide there. Um, two Sundays ago, we also had 11 people um, be baptized. And by the way, if you want to see more info and more pictures, there's a secret group, a ah, secret Facebook group. So you're going to have to ask somebody who's part of the group to get in. But we'd love to have you do that, and you can keep up with some more uh, news and things that we might share just, just to, to Mount Calvary or whatever because of the group's uh, time there. But uh, two weeks ago, we had um, uh, 11 people baptized, and this is Luis giving his testimony. Now, Luis is the only evangelical Christian in his entire family. He comes from a Catholic family, but I hesitate to say that because Catholicism is very different in Mexico than it is here. Um, but but he, he came to Christ through a relationship that he has with uh, actually his girlfriend, and uh, who goes to the church. And Luis almost didn't get baptized because about two weeks before his baptism, his sister was raped. And the family knows who did it. And guess what? The family wants vengeance. 
And so he struggled because he knew that if he were to be baptized, he'd have to forgive. And so for a while, he didn't think he was going to. But through a man who, um, who Aaron and Jordan stayed with during the time, uh, Juan Carlos and Rosi, Juan Carlos was able to get, get next to him and, and talk about it and say, you know, if Jesus died on a cross, and as he was dying on the cross, said, Father, forgive them. You need to forgive as well. Yeah, the next, the next slide. Um, and so we celebrated. Uh, we don't have these, you know, this is pretty cool. But, uh, you know, we have to oftentimes go to a public swimming area. We pay to get in and do it there, do our baptisms there. This time we set up a portable pool kind of in the front of, in the, front of the church property. Um, but, um, but to see people, to see that seed sown in soil, and to, to know that there's something in that seed, there's something in the Word of God that, that grabs hold of somebody's heart and translates people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That takes people who are without God and without hope in the world, as Ephesians 2 says, and brings them into a covenant of promise and of life and of redemption. And that's pretty cool. So we wanted to... We would just wanted to come here and give you a little report and, and just thank you so much for, for being behind this ministry. And, and, and I think we're maybe talking about a, a trip down next summer as well, maybe. And so we'd love to have you down. And, and, and it's, it's so neat to be here with you. And I, I just wanted to ask my wife to come up and share. Um, if we could go to the next slide. Um, we've begun a ministry in an, uh, an old person's shelter. The, go one back. <clears throat> Yeah, um, and there's really no equivalent to it here because these are are older people who really have nowhere to go. I probably have an automatic forward to that, and it's <laughs> um, and and we're, we've begun ministering here about three months ago, and we also go to a drug and uh, alcohol and, and drug rehab center. But this is one of the ministries um, that we've been involved with for the last several months, and uh, my wife would like to come and just share a little bit about that because we received some very good news even uh, since we were here. Good morning, everybody. It's, it's good to be here. Thank you for having us here this morning. Um, I also want to thank all of you as a, as a church, Mount Calvary Church, for being part of our ministry in Mexico, in Xtapaluca. Thanks to each one of the members of the team that came down this past uh, June. And it was a tremendous blessing to have you down there, uh, willing to do whatever it was needed to do. We have a, a beautiful or a better church now after you guys were down there and were a, a huge blessing to, to the ministry down there. Thank you to all of you. And um, just a few nights ago, uh, as Rod was saying, uh, we had the opportunity a few months ago to find this place uh, in Spanish. It's called albergue. I guess in English it's a shelter for all people that don't have a place to live. And all of the people that are there living are so cute, especially Juanita. I have a good friend. Juanita is her name. She's so cute. But all of them are great people, you know. And the guy in charge of that place, his name is Andres, Andrew. And his wife is Luisa. And they have two children. And 
they do this work, they do this ministry, they do this uh, albergue, they run this albergue by themselves. They don't have hardly any help from anybody. Uh, very little help from the government. So to me, it's so amazing what they are doing because I'm thinking they don't even have the money to do it. But they have this place with some beds. Uh, some of the ladies that came down were there helping uh, that week. And so you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, you saw the place and you met the people. But um, it's a blessing to be part of that. That work is happening there. Uh, so after we met Andres and Luisa, we started praying for them because uh, it's great to be a help to them. And now the, the church in Jesus Maria is, is helping every week. The, the ladies from the, first, the second church in Jesus Maria are coming every week to help. Uh, they make breakfast for them, uh, bathe the, the women, and any way we can help, we are there. But we knew that God had um, bigger plans, right? Not only for us to provide some extra help, but to, I knew God wanted Andres and Luisa to know him as a savior. So we were praying for that, you know, we were praying for that. And I, uh, three nights ago, I got an email from a lady from the first church. Her name is Blanquita. Before we came, I talked to Blanquita and I said, Blanquita, I would like you to meet with Luisa every week if it's possible. Can you start a Bible study with Luisa? Because when we talked to Luisa, Luisa was like very kind of like tired. She's like, you know, we do this work, but I'm, I'm exhausted. You know, I, I want to support Andres, but I'm really tired. I, I, my relationship with Andres is coming to the end. I think I've, I probably should leave him because I don't think I can still support him. And we were like, oh, no, Lord, we know you don't want this, right? So uh, we were praying for them. And, and Blanquita was very willing to meet with uh, Luisa and she came to the albergue to visit them last week, and Andres was there, and Andres' kids were there. Uh, she, Andres has a daughter and a son, and they were there. And guess what? A Blanquita opened up the Bible, shared the gospel with them, you know, very clearly, step by step. And they were, I think God had prepared their hearts to hear that and to believe it. So she, she sent me this email, so happy, you know, I saw words, but I can see her excitement saying they trusted Jesus as their savior. Andres, Luisa, and the two children, and I think uh, the one son is married, the daughter-in-law also prayed to Jesus, and three other people that help in that albergue. So I just wanted to let you know, because to me, you know, if there is uh, joy in heaven for that, you know, I know you guys feel the same joy listening to to this news. So thank you again for being part of this ministry. We would love to have you next year, all of you. I, no, maybe not all at once, but <laughs> different summers. Thank you. Just one, one last message to the kids. There's uh, some Mexican candy out at the, at the table there. So probably first come, first come, first serve. And there's also um, our current prayer letter if you want to pick that up. And uh, so um, also excited to greet you um, right now. So thank you. So it's really good to have Rod and Myra here, and we're going to ask them if they want to go back to the back doors and they can uh, greet people on the, on the way out the door this morning. But as they said, we are going back uh, next June, 
And, uh, and we would love to have you come and, and join. And uh, now you've heard two Sundays this summer about our experience, and that doesn't do it justice. You have to be there, and you have to, uh, to see the amazing ministry that, that happens there. And, uh, and we'd love to take you there and, and be a part of what God is doing in Mexico. It is an amazing, amazing thing, and it was an amazing time for our team. And, and, uh, and you get to know them a little bit more. What an amazing couple that, that God has placed there. And so we, we invite you, and, and stay tuned for some more information about that. But adults and uh, students, we'd love to take you uh, to Mexico next summer. But let's, uh, let's close our service in prayer, and, uh, and then we can be dismissed. Father, thank you for uh, your goodness to us. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to celebrate today. Uh, celebrate your love for us, that in spite of our sin, you sent Jesus to die on the cross to forgive us so that we could have a relationship with you. Father, we, we thank you for that, and we thank you, God, that you, who worked in our lives and brought us to the point of recognition that we were sinners in need of a Savior and, and helped us to understand that we needed to put our faith and trust in you, Lord, we're still thankful, Lord, that you are still at work in people's lives, bringing them to faith in you, in the United States, in Mexico, and around the world. And Father, as believers, as your children, we're thankful we get to play a part in that. We get to play a role in that, wherever you placed us. At our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, with our friends. Lord, we have the opportunity to be your representative and share your truth. And Lord, I pray that this morning that we would be challenged to, to be your missionary in the office, in our neighborhood, with our friends, on our athletic teams, in whatever activity we're involved, Lord. I pray that you would help us to realize the opportunities that you've placed before us, and, and Lord, help us to have the boldness that we need, strengthened by your spirit that we sang about this morning, to be willing to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for that good news. And thank you for the opportunity that we have to be part of the, uh, your army sharing the message with those who need to hear it. Lord, help us to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll let Rod and Myra head back to the back doors, and uh, you are dismissed. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning.